We've got a great program for you tonight. As you can see, we're out in the cold, but we pray that you will experience the warmth of the Holy Spirit as you come on a journey with us tonight. And as we speak to a wonderful, wonderful lady called Suzanne Pillins. Stay tuned. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Friday PM. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and today we've got a very special program for you. We're going to be speaking uh, to Suzanne Pillens. We're actually here in Oxfordshire at her ranch, an equestrian ranch. And Suzanne is a horse riding instructor an evangelist, an author, and many, many more things. So, you know, just enjoy as we just, you know, just have a chat with her about the journey that God has taken her on. And today we really want to bring out that with God, all things are possible. And uh, we, you'll discover a little bit more as we continue to talk to Suzanne. Hi, Suzanne. Hello. Welcome. It's great to have you here with us. I'm so glad you've come. <laughs> we were just um, chatting earlier because, you know, as women, we don't always like to disclose our age and all of that. But we were talking earlier. Suzanne, how, how old are you? Well, I'm 70 this year. I mean, wonderful. And you're still really just going on with the Lord, doing new things, yeah, just discovering 30. new things. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty to do for the Lord still. Yeah. And that's great. It's great to know that, listen, you're, you know, you're going, going to be 70 and you haven't slowed down, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about how your faith journey started. You were in South Africa, you had a horse and there was some accident. What, what happened? Well, we were riding back from a horse show and a speeding car came speeding towards us and hit Jackie boy on the shoulder that he fell down. And my other horse was killed. The rider had his leg broken in three places. I galloped back on gun flash to phone the ambulance and a horse box to get to the vet. The ambulance arrived first. We got the man off to hospital and they dragged the dead horse to the side of the road. And Jackie had managed to stand up somehow and he was standing with one useless leg. The, uh, the horse box then arrived, we managed to get him onto the horse box and had a nightmare journey to the vets where they had to stitch him up from the middle of his neck down, right down to the bottom of the shoulder and after removing glass right down into his rib cage. But the damage was far worse than that. He had actually broken his shoulder bone in two places, just above the joint and below the joint. Plus the main deltoid muscle was severed right through the nerve. And we sent the horse to Honest Support. He stayed there for six weeks. They tried to revive the muscle, but couldn't. And so basically they said, you have to have the horse put down. After all, the bones 
are not connected to the skeleton of the horse. It's held there by powerful muscles. And now this muscle had totally shrunk to nothing. So you could see the whole outline of the scapular bone. Wow. And you so said that that powerful muscle was as tiny as a little... Yes, it just shriveled up. Shriveled up. So if you put any weight on that leg, the bone, the leg would move about that far away from his body and he'd crash to the ground, which meant a crane and tackle to pull him to his feet. Well, you can't keep a horse alive like that. Mm. I had had the horse since the day old foal. So it was devastating to phone the vet to come and shoot Jackie. So I told him to come in three days time. I'd brought him back by horse box by this time. I'd strapped him up, but he, it was hopeless. And after phoning the vet, I just went back and cried and cried and thought, is there anything I haven't tried? I've done everything humanly possible to save this horse's life. And then I remember there's one thing I had not tried, and that was a thing called prayer. And you weren't serving the Lord, really. You, you grew I up a Christian. I wasn't a believer. Wow. But, you know, sometimes we wait for something terrible to yes. happen. And I thought, well, maybe I must try prayer, but how can I come and ask God for a big favor when I've never put him seriously and I've put a horse first in my life? Wow. And then I remembered that a Catholic nun once told me that God was a God of love. And I thought to myself, just maybe God would be prepared to forgive me for not taking him seriously. So I'll go to try prayer. And my first prayer was like this. Dear God, that's if you can hear me, please forgive me for my unbelief. But if you can hear this prayer, then I know you can also heal Jackie. And if you prepare to heal Jackie just enough that I don't have to have him shot, then I will know for sure that you are God. And I promise you, I will serve you for the rest of my life. Well, God heard that prayer. The next day, I go and see where Jackie, uh, Jackie, he whinnies. He takes a step towards me. The shoulder comes out. He crashes to the ground, and my heart crashed as well. And I turned around. I said, didn't Jesus die on the cross or something that we could be forgiven? And I put a horse first in my life. I said, Lord God, I give you my horse now. I'll accept that he has to be put down. I want to put you first in my life. Suddenly, Uta, my friend, said, your horse is getting up. And I turned around and Jackie was raising himself up, hind legs first, placed himself on four legs, trot on four legs. I knew God had answered my prayer. I raced into the house. I phoned the vet and I said to the vet, I'm phoning to cancel your appointment to shoot Jackie because God has just healed my horse. And the vet says, phone me when you're feeling better. <laughs> but the Lord God did a total and complete healing. And Jackie worked in the riding school for the further 12 years of his life without one day's lameness, could gallop, could jump, went to horse shows, 
and hundreds of children received Jesus as Lord and Saviour through his story. Because after all, they learned to ride on, jo on Jackie Boy. Amazing. He was one of our best school ponies. <laughs> so that's how I became a Christian and so I've kept my promise. And your yeah. ministry started there as well because you were just an ordinary horse riding teacher. Yes. You, you'd not been, and I want this to be a blessing to you, to inspire whoever you are, if you're watching and you're saying, Lord, is there more for me? I, I'm sitting here, I'm, uh, I feel hopeless, I feel worthless. I, I'm just a normal person. God can do miracles through you. He can do the impossible through you. If you just pray a prayer that says, Lord, forgive my unbelief. Forgive me, show me who you are, show me your greatness. Because through your ministry, you've seen so many healings. You've seen God touch so many people. We were just talking this morning, uh, about how uh, you met a man called David Hathaway. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, he came and spoke at our uh, uh, church in Oxfordshire. Um, it's called Oxford Bible Church. And I was really impressed that David Hathaway really loved God. So I bought his book, Why Siberia? And I read it. I tell you, I didn't just read it. I almost lived that book. <laughs> and I wrote to him afterwards and I said, David, I bought your book at Oxford Bible Church. I want to live like this book. And he wrote back and invited us to go, me to go over to Israel with his team. And I went. And it was on the last day at the garden tomb when the Lord spoke to me as he was administering Holy Communion to us. And the Lord said to me, as clear as clear, if you abide in me, I will abide in you and go with you wherever I shall send you. I was thrilled at this. And the next day, I was invited to go to Kenya for the Fire Over Kenya conference to do the children's ministry. After all, I worked with children. But one week before I was supposed to go, I get an email. The man of God cannot come anymore. I was to either cancel the conference or step into his shoes as main speaker. Oh dear. Okay. Well, I paid the ticket, so I'm jolly well going. And a friend came with me and we went to Kenya. We then went up towards Bala, left the tar roads, left the gravel roads, and we are riding down this river bed in a four-wheel uh, truck past two funerals, both HIV AIDS funerals, on the way to Bala village. And we get there and they tell me that people are walking four days to receive their healing. Now I'm really scared. I can't heal anybody. What do I do? I said to Ruth, I think, 
I think we better go and pray for our lives. We go out in the bush and we sit on a rock. Lord, please do something. Please, Lord, they're coming four days walk to receive their healing and we can't heal anybody. Only you can heal them. Please, Lord, do something. Please, Lord, only you can do something. And after praying like that for about half an hour, the Lord says, if I can cry through your eyes like that, I can also heal through your hands like that. Amen. That night in a blue and white tent, I give my the first gospel message. I asked those who want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior and many hands went up and I sort of led them through the sinner's prayer as best I could. And then came the scary part. Is anyone sick? And to my horror, 30 people raced forward. But to my second horror, the first three are totally blind. And the second blind lady in line is the wife of the local witch doctor. Lord. Then I remembered it was Reinhard Bonker's first miracle was with the blind eyes. Also when the man of God never turned up. So I said, Lord, can I use the same act, the same words as Reinhard Bonker? Seemed all right. So <laughs> I point to the first. In the name of Jesus, blind eyes open. She said, I can see. I said, what? <laughs> she said, I can see. Can you really see? She says, yes, I can really see. Wow. wow, go and testify. Now for the witch doctor's wife. In the name of Jesus, blind eyes open, instantly healed. Whew. Then the third one. In the name of Jesus, blind eyes open, also healed. The next man had fallen down a cliff, hit his head on a rock. He had a paralyzed arm. I pray over his head and all of a sudden that arm comes alive. All 30 people were instantly healed that night. I tell you, we praised God till three in the morning. I think we all floated home. Oh, praise and the I Lord. saw another 250 healings that conference. Jesus. Well, I come wow. back to England and I thought, well, um, I wonder if the Holy Spirit with this <laughs> healing is just in Africa or if it also works in England. I knew nothing. And suddenly I get an invitation out of the blue to Sirencester. So I accept it and I go to Sirencester and I give the message and then come for the healing. And the first man was about six foot tall. And I pray for him and the next thing he's on the floor. I don't know what's he doing there. And he gets up healed. What? And then I prayed for the next one, healed. Next one, healed. And suddenly the ministry, wah, came into being. I was invited everywhere, I was going overseas, and it just happened. I did nothing. God did it all. Wow. That's what I like. I did nothing. God did it all. And we, it's not about us, is it, Suzanne? Nothing. <laughs> I was so blessed. Um, one more story before we close. This morning you were telling us about when you went into the Anglican church. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, Can down, you share that story? Down near the curse, yes. Yes, uh, yes um, I spoke at that church, uh, fairly Anglican. Yeah. 
and I spoke in the morning and then again in the evening. And people were quite shy about coming forward. They weren't used to that. And so I just said, put your own hands on your sickness or your pain now. And just say a little prayer after me. So they each put their hands and said, just say this prayer, Lord Jesus, place your hand on my hand and I will be healed in Jesus' name. And the next second, this lady comes leaping and jumping down the aisle, shouting, look at me, I can run, I can jump, I can speak. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Everybody starts praising the Lord both sides. It got pretty noisy. She comes and gives her testimony. Two years previously, she was hoovering with the Henry Hoover. When suddenly she pulled a bit too hard, the Henry Hoover bounces down the stairs, falls straight on her head, causing her to go into a wheelchair, unable to speak for two years. And this simply, by putting her hand on her paralyzed, I suppose she put it over her head, and said that simple prayer, the Lord instantly healed her. Now what about the rest? I said, anyone else that's not yet healed, just stand out onto the aisle. Mm. And I went down and I prayed for the few little, few people with different things down the aisle. And the last lady was a singer. She was a soprano singer and she had something wrong with her throat and had lost her voice. So simply put my hand on, prayed. And then I said, now do something you couldn't do before. She says, do you mean I have to sing? I, can't, I haven't been able to sing for years. I said, of course. Next moment, she comes out in the most beautiful voice with a beautiful song of praise, perfect. And the entire church joined in. They praised to God. That was such a lovely way oh. to end the service. So <laughs> and that amazing. was here in England. Well, it's so amazing that just through an act of, in a way, obedience, but it was kind of, yeah, I'll go on that trip to Kenya. If the man of God won't be there, okay, I'll preach. But you didn't put yourself up and think you were a big preacher. You said, okay, I'm, I'm just going to go. Mm. Just from that act of obedience, God just opened a whole world, yes. literally, <laughs> of ministry to you. So apart from, of course, healing, you do a lot of teaching as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, the Lord led us to basically, I love the outdoors. I love the small villages. And the cities and towns have been reached, but there are many thousands of villages who have never heard the name of Jesus. Amen. And so I felt called to the small villages, a small person to small villages. And so the Lord showed me to start a Bible school of evangelism, send our leaders into a village, train those in a discipleship course evangelism, and then send them out to plant churches in many villages. And this snowballed. 
And we now have many, many Bible schools all over Africa, especially through the equator area. And many, many churches have been planted with these evangelists. And then lately the Lord led to speak over radio. So I started to give gospel messages over radio once a week. And then I met Grant Drayton, Farming God's Way in Port Elizabeth, South Africa. And I work under him in teaching Farming God's Way over radio. Well, especially through the COVID, all the churches were shut. So I found myself having to do the church for all the pastors and congregations around Sierra Leone and Liberia, um, the gospel messages, different messages, teaching our Bible school over radio. We even did Holy Communion. We warned them in advance, bring some bread and wine, we'll have Holy Communion together. So we have our church services over radio. And then also through COVID, I realized that they couldn't buy their stuff from the West anymore and the food was shooting up. And so I started to do more teaching on Farming God's Way over radio. And more and more radio stations have invited me to speak. And now Saturday and Sunday mornings is totally almost preaching and teaching Farming God's Way. So radio is the most effective, cost-effective way of reaching these villages. And then the Lord told me last year to upload the teachings in short teachings onto YouTube. He told me in a dream and I thought, oh no, I can't edit, I can't do anything like that. Next morning, one of our partners phoned. She says, God has just given you a new project, hasn't he? I said, well, um, uh, well uh, apart from a dream last night, she says, that's it. God gave me a dream last night that I was to buy you a camera so that you can film and edit the work. I said, but I can't edit. She says, don't worry, I'm putting the money in the bank right now. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to honor this one. But God had that in hand. The next day, I get a phone call. An evangelist waited to go to Africa. Have I got a room for a month or two for him to stay? And I said, only a little tiny room downstairs and the bathroom is through the entrance. He says, that's fine, I'm coming. Please, I need to come. And he came and then I found he knew how to edit and he taught me how to edit. Now I'm filming and editing like I've done it all my life and I thank you for showing me today more ways of improving these slots and putting them up on to YouTube and Facebook. Every weekend they go up. We're doing the Rise Up series right now to encourage people to rise up above the circumstances Amen. that they're living in and know that Jesus is alive. Amen. 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 I, I'm so inspired because I know there's so many ladies who, especially ladies, and if you are a man as well, that, that the Lord is about to take you out of your circumstance and leap you into your calling. 
It doesn't matter how old we are or how young we are, the Lord can use us no matter how poor we are, no matter how uh, rich we are, the Lord can use us from any background. And could we ask you to pray for, firstly, for those who are searching for their calling, that the Lord will touch them right now where they are. And I want to challenge you, open your hands, allow the Holy Spirit to touch you where you are. And then for those who have not received the gift of the Holy Spirit, and for those who have not even asked Jesus into their hearts, please, Suzanne, will you go ahead and pray Pleasure. for us? Well, it's very important that all believers are baptized in the Holy Spirit. So we need the Holy Spirit in order to serve the Lord. So if you're not yet baptized in the Holy Spirit, let's pray for you first. Just pray after me, Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am. Please cleanse me from any sin, no matter how small it is. Lord, I want to ask you, please, Baptize me in your Holy Spirit. I receive you now. Thank you, Jesus. And for those who have not yet received Jesus as Lord and Savior, please pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please forgive me every sin I've ever done. I choose to follow you in your truth and righteousness from this moment on. Thank you for forgiving me. Please come into my heart and life as my Lord and Saviour. I receive you now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 And if you have received the Holy Spirit, the Lord and the Holy Spirit says to you, Go. David Hathaway said to me, simply go. I was waiting for someone to send me out, but I didn't have to do that. Um, the moment I was willing to go, the doors opened. As long as we step out of faith, the doors will open as we go. If you stop, he stops. If we go, the doors open. Go. All of us, are called to intercessory prayer. And actually intercessory prayer is the best ministry we can possibly have. Why? Well, that brings you closest to God. So I love it. And the Lord actually woke me up last night and told me to pray for a certain leader. And it was a burden. And I prayed until that burden was gone and the peace of the Lord replaced it, then I knew God had answered that prayer. So he, answered, he just asked me to pray for a leader. So you just obey. It's as easy as that. We can all do intercessory prayer, every one of us. And that is number one calling on all of our lives. Then you see, what, what are you good at? Hospitality is a gift. Witnessing on the streets is a gift, but not for everybody. Serving in your church is a gift. Going out, speaking in a crusade is a gift, but not for everybody. Sharing as in your 
Sunday school as a Sunday school teacher is a gift. There are so many streams that you can move in. Move in the small streams first. Because if we are faithful with little, God then gives us more. So we all have to start from the beginning. I did not go straight out as an evangelist when Jackie Boy was healed. It actually took 25 years from Jackie Boy's healing to the actual ministry I'm in now to come into being 22 years ago. So it does take time because God sometimes has to do a work within us first and prepare us. So we need to yield ourselves to God and allow him to work in our lives and prepare us. And the more yielded we are, the more easily God can prepare us. Suzanne, I feel there's somebody out there who's really needing prayer for healing. Yeah. And I know there's an anointing on you especially to pray for healing. Will you do that for us? Thank you. First of all, I want to teach you how to be healed yourself. And it's very simple and you can do it anywhere. I, I use it myself. If I'm sick, I don't go to the doctor and do exactly what I'm going to tell you to do. Put your hand on your sickness or your pain now. So it's in your chest, so I'm going to just put my hand here as an example and simply pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, please place your spiritual hand on my hand and I will be healed in Jesus' name. I receive your healing now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, some people are instantly healed with that prayer alone. But if you're not totally healed, you can pray it three times a day till you are healed. I learned this from Derek Prince, a great teacher. He calls it God's medicine bottle. So what is God's medicine bottle? Putting your hand on your healing or your pain and receiving your healing straight from Jesus. He's omnipresent. And Lord, I just pray for this person and we command every sickness and ailment, go in Jesus' name. We command pain, go in Jesus' name. And we command body, be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Suzanne. It's been just a real pleasure to be with you. Just a real pleasure to hear how God has used your life. And we hope that all of you watching, that you've really got something out of this, that God wants to use you. He wants to use you and he will use you. All you need to do is go in simple faith. So thank you. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on Friday PM, the place to be. Bye-bye. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen.